Hey everybody, welcome to JPD Weekly. Today I wanted to take a fresh look at Matthew 24 and 25 and show how uh, the focal point of these two verses really helps interpret what they're about and uh, how we as the church fit in, if at all. <laughs> We're going to talk about that and so much more on today's JPD Weekly. Hey everybody, glad you are here. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I've mentioned it before on on yesterday's episode. We we or yesterday's last week's episode. We talked a little bit about Israel and prophecy and how uh, some current events are leading up to that time. Uh, very important episode. I hope you're able to catch it. Um, if not, that's okay. This is not a part two of that or anything. Uh, but it does have to do with it. So uh, if there's anything that directly relates, I will. I'll make mention of it so you don't have to have watched last week's episode to understand this episode. I do want to mention, too, that if you go to dailyrenegade.com right now, um, you can get involved in Cornerstone Asset Metals. I believe that there, I, I've come to the belief that there is an economic collapse coming. Um, and this has nothing to do with eschatology. This has nothing to do with the rapture or, uh, Revelation 6. So, you know, this is not, uh, the, th that economic seal that's being broken. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about, how we know uh, that there are tribulations that happen, lowercase t tribulations. Uh, just like we know that during the capital T tribulation, there's going to be uh, a lot of martyrdom. That doesn't mean that there's not martyrdom today. There is modern, uh, martyrdom today. And Jesus promised us that we would suffer tribulations. Uh, so we want to we try to prepare against that as best as we can. And one good way to do that is to make sure that your finances are safe, make sure your money is safe. And you, you can't trust this banking system system that we have today. You can't trust the beast system. I mean, they have occult imagery all over their dollar bills. They show who they're serving. Uh, we, we, we know that we can't trust them for that. And I'm not, I'm not getting into conspiracy theory land here. We, you can look at our economy and show uh, how it, it is it is constantly degrading. We actually talked about that in a, in a recent episode of the Sharpening Report. We talked uh, with two people from Cornerstone Asset Metals, which is a Christian company. They actually mint a coin that has Christian imagery on it, biblical imagery. On one side, there's a crown that says Revelation 3.18 and says uh, Cornerstone mint on it. On the other side, there's a lion that says Haggai 2.8, Cornerstone. Isn't it nice to actually have uh, a, a piece of... Of, of, uh, of, of money, really, but a piece of silver that is imprinted with Christian imagery and not satanic garbage that's all over our dollar bills. So um, we, we finally have something that we as Christians, uh, something that's ours, something that we can use. We don't have to take part in this beast um, antichrist uh, monetary system. We don't have to take part in this banking system that is doomed to collapse uh, many times over. We, we don't have to. We, we, have, we can build our own thing, and Cornerstone Asset Metals uh, has done that. It's a real Christian company, meaning everybody that works there is Christian. <laughs> they, um, they, it, it, it's a small company, but they, they are well-equipped to handle what you need. The good thing about it being small is that they can talk with you one-on-one -on -one if you have questions. So when you go to dailyrenegade.com, I'll just show you right here. Uh, go to dailyrenegade.com. And when you go there, you'll see the homepage pop up. Uh, and then if you wait a second, you'll see this ad come up here, uh, preserve and protect your wealth at Cornerstone Asset Metals. Now, again, this is not a get rich thing. This, this isn't that. Um, what it is, is it, it's an investment where you can, uh, you can buy some silver or you can even turn in your IRAs or 401ks, uh, for silver that they hold on to you, um, because silver is basically untouchable and it's going to maintain the same value. Now, the interesting thing about it is because our financial system is collapsing, um, the silver that you have today is going to 
you know, by relation, be worth more in the future. It, it's it's not that it's worth more. It's that silver stays the same while our economic system collapses. So it'll actually have more worth uh, than than it will today in the future. So it is it is a really good investment, and you can actually show that. You can actually prove that. Um, it's a great investment, but silver can't be touched by the government. It can't be touched by anything. It's actually yours, uh, and Cornerstone Asset Metals will take care of you. When you click on the ad... Uh, for that, or you can just go straight there, uh, cornerstoneassetmetals.com. Uh, their page will come up here and you can register and you can get some free information. So you don't need to make any obligations right away. Uh, but if you would, when you see here, how did you hear about us? Uh, click on that and then go here, Josh Peck Daily Renegade. Um, so click on that and uh, tell us that we sent you because that that helps us and it helps you as well because then we can we can track what the demand is we can actually track um, who this is helping and, and how but you can you can talk to you can get information um, there's a free silver kit I actually have one right here um, mine is a little bit banged up because I've been uh, I've been using it I've been reading through it but it come it comes with a bunch of information. Um, Michael Stibbs even has a documentary that you can get uh, for free, which we gave information about that in that Sharpening Report episode, so you can go and find that. But it's end times in our financial uh, system. Very important. There, There is a, a Christian, a biblical Christian precedent for exactly this kind of thing. How long have we as Christians been begging for something that's ours? You know, we hate the world system the way it is. We want to do our own thing. Now you can. So... Uh, please check it out, Cornerstone Asset Metals. Tell them that we at Daily Renegade sent you. I really believe that this is important for us as Christians to get involved in. It, it's not It's not about getting rich, all right? It's about protecting what you have, protecting your assets for yourself and for future generations so uh, that you, you, you don't have to be dependent on the government. You know, we shouldn't be dependent on the government. We as the body can come together and be dependent on each other. You know, it's just like how the, the, first, the, the first century church in Acts, how uh, the book of Acts, they all kept their money together uh, and, and they helped each other out. This is exactly what that is. This is exactly that same idea here uh, in 2020, 2021, you know. Um, so make sure you check this out. Uh, it, it's a really good Christian thing for us all to do. And uh, we, we can help each other out here and safeguard against uh, the, the attacks, the many attacks that are coming against us, including against our economy. Uh, so please do that. And uh, I mentioned that because we are going to be talking about prophecy today. Um, I wanted to talk about Matthew 24 and 25. And how when we have the proper uh, interpretation, the proper way of looking at these chapters, it makes everything fall into place. You know, um, I, I said a couple of weeks ago when I talked about the rapture, and I don't remember if this was in the members only section or the free section, but I said how sometimes you just come across something that clicks and it just makes the Bible open up. You know, it's, it's some area where maybe you were taught wrong, but when you're taught the right way, it just... I, I can't describe it really. I, there's not a word for it, but it just, it clicks and it opens up the Bible and it's almost like a sense of relief because it makes sense now. You know, this thing that you were confused by before finally makes sense. To me, uh, this is one of those things, Matthew 24 and 25. When we see Matthew 24 and 25 as not being about the church, but being about Israel and Israel's future, Man, it just opens up the chapter and makes so much more sense. <laughs> and uh, so you're, I, I am a pre-trib rapture believer. You do not have to be that to be part of Daily Renegade. Uh, we At Daily Renegade, I don't even think all of, I, I might be the only pre-trib host that we have. I don't know. Um but you're gonna you're 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 gonna find a variety of of uh, views and the but what what we do all come together on at Daily Renegade is that we we don't want to fight about it. We all come together in love and realizing you know hey you may be pre wrath you may be post trib I may be pre trib but we all love each other we're all the body of Christ and however it happens we all share in those promises together and so we we are excited about that we're excited about the unity we can have as believers even if we. Um, have differences of opinions of interpretations. Uh, so uh, 
uh, so just know that going into this, because I am going to, I am going to ask you guys to become a member at Daily Renegade and just know you absolutely 100% do not have to be a preacher, a rapture believer to be uh, a member of Daily Renegade. We would love to have you. You're not going to be insulted. You're not going to be challenged even. Uh, you can come and ask questions if you care to. If you, if, if it's not an area of interest of yours, that's totally fine. There is plenty more to talk about, plenty more to enjoy. Uh, lot, lots more that we have available at dailyrenegade.com. Uh, so if you are pre-wrath or post-trib or mid-trib or, you know, whatever, if you're pan-trib, you know, it'll all pan out in the end. Uh, just know you are more than welcome at Daily Renegade. Just go to dailyrenegade.com. You can be a member today. No one is going to hassle you. I promise. Uh, like I've said before, if we do happen to get somebody, um, th this has never happened, but it could. If somebody gets a membership and then they come in and they start hassling people and, and, and start being divisive and being mean, I will refund their money and boot them out. So you will not have to deal with that at Daily Renegade, I promise. And if anybody is doing that to you, just let me know. I will take care of it. Um, okay, so all that being said, let's jump into Matthew 24. But this time, let's view it through the lens of Israel being the centerpiece and not the church. Let's not think of this as church-centric. Let's not, let's, because I'm, I'm actually going to make the case that you're not going to find the rapture here. Why? Because the rapture is about the church, not about Israel. God has two different programs going on here. He's got one program for Israel uh, which is awaiting that final week of Daniel, that final prophetic week, uh, that, that final seven years. It's a week of years. It's a Shemitah. Uh, Israel is awaiting that final week. So Israel, um, things are happening to prepare for that, but that is a different program in God's plan here. Uh, than he has for the church. The church is on a different program. The church, we are called to go make, make disciples of all nations. We're called to abide in Christ until, uh, in my opinion, till he comes and raptures us out. Uh, but at least we could say until he returns. Now, while I am a pre-trib rapture believer, this is why I believe you're not going to find the rapture in Matthew 24, because this is for Israel. This is for Jewish people. Uh, this is for, this is the future of Israel, not the future of the church. You get the future of the church in other places in the Bible, such as John 14, which we talked about a couple weeks ago. Uh, I believe that John 14, you know, I go to prepare a place for you. There's many rooms in my father's house. I, I and I will, I'll, I'll come back and get you, you know, that, that kind of thing. Uh, I'll, I'll return and re receive you unto myself. We talked about all that. I believe that that is uh, when the rapture is actually introduced for the first time, the first real time. You see illusions of it and pictures of it um, in other areas, but I believe that that is the introduction to the rapture uh, doctrine as a whole. And that is where Jesus gives us the future of the church, the destiny of the church. So that is in the upper room discourse. Now here, this is in the Olivet discourse because this, this is a totally different discourse. It's a totally different sermon and it fully encompasses Matthew 24 and 25. This is all one thought, Matthew 24 and 25. Uh, and when we read it like that, we understand that um, this is Israel-centric and that the parables that come after are about Israel as well, not the church. Uh, so, as I've always said on this channel, when I, when I come across some information, even if it, if, if it's right, if it's truthful information, I'm always going to tell you about it, even if it conflicts with something I may have said before. So, uh, that's why I brought up that video I did a while ago for, um, Peck Report maybe before I discontinued the show. Uh, but I, I did a video on uh, Matthew 24, just basically going through Matthew 24. And this was during a time, this was a while ago, but this was during the time where I was still seeing the church in it. Uh, well, upon further review, further study, you know, we're always learning, which is a good thing. We should always be learning. And I don't want to be so prideful that I try and trick you guys into thinking I don't learn things too. I definitely still learn things. Uh, and so uh, that video still has some value. There's still some good things in there, but I wanted to do kind of an updated version of that and show how there's so much more to these passages than I was even aware of uh, back then. And I wanted to share this with you guys because it's, it's super exciting. Uh, so with that, let's look at Matthew 24, starting in verse 1. And we're going to be reading from the New King James Version, and this is from uh, BibleGateway.com, a great resource. I usually switch between this and Blue Letter Bible, and there's also I also have uh, logos on my uh, 
computer, but for some reason it runs really slow, so I'm not using that today. Starting in verse 1, uh, this gives us the backdrop of everything that we're going to read in these two chapters. And I am going to kind of breeze through these fast because there's a lot to talk about. We could spend weeks doing an in-depth study into every verse, uh, but I, I mainly, for this video, I mainly want to get across the idea that this is Israel-centric, not church-centric. Um, so starting in verse 1, Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. So he's saying that the temple's going to be destroyed. Um, now, as so that, that gives us some context. That's like the backdrop. Uh, so they're walking, he's walking with the disciples. Jesus says this about the temple, and the disciples are like wondering about that. So now, in verse 3, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? So we have three things here that is being asked of Jesus. When will be when will these things be? What things? Uh, probably what was discussed up here. Do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone will be left upon another not, uh, they, that shall not be thrown down. So when he departed the temple, the disciples came to show him the buildings of the temple. So about the destruction of the temple, I think that do you not see all these things, where he says here, indicates that the disciples are asking, when will these things be? So that's the first question, the destruction of the temple. What will be the sign of your coming? So clearly by now, they have um, discovered, they have come to the realization by now that Jesus is going to be coming again at some point in the future. There's going to be a second coming. Um, now, there's there's a lot we can unpack with that. Uh, at, at least these disciples that were talking to him, we don't, you know, maybe not all the disciples knew this, but at least the ones that came and talked with him privately, his inner circle, seem to be aware of this, that there's going to be a second coming. And so they're asking, what will be the sign of your coming? And the end of the age. The end of the age is this idea that we've talked about before. We see it reflected in the uh, Dead Sea Scrolls that uh, the history of mankind can be split up into ages. And they were awaiting the end of their age, which occurred in 75 AD, but they, they were uh, awaiting the end of their age of Torah. Uh, so all of human history is broken down into 7,000 years. There's three ages of 2,000 years each, and then a final Sabbath, a, a final um, uh, rest, a final thousand-year reign of Christ. So the first age is from the creation to the call of Abraham, and that is the age of chaos. From the call of Abraham to the um, to the Council of Yavne in 75 AD, that is the age of Torah. And that Council of Yavne, that is when uh, the final nail uh, of, of, of the coffin of the sacrificial system was put into place. That's when the sacrificial system was finally demolished and the ancient pharisaical system became uh, what is now modern-day rabbinic Judaism. Uh, that occurred in 75 AD, but also included with that the destruction of the temple, which we know happened in 70, uh, 70 AD. Uh, and there was also a destruction of a temple in 72 or 73 AD in, I believe, Alexandria. Uh, but uh, so they're asking what's going to be the sign of his second coming. Uh, that'll be at the end of our age, the, the age of grace, which we have from 75 AD till presumably 2075 AD. But again, a lot of things can happen. Just like you had Jesus coming the first time around 30 AD, uh, 30 to 33 AD. Well, that happened technically still during the age of Torah. And we, we've talked about that. That's a whole study in, in itself. But it just goes to show that you could easily have a rapture and tribulation before um, 2075 AD. You, you could have that at any time. But this is what they're asking. When will these things be? The destruction of the temple. What will be the sign of your coming? You know, how are we going to know that you're, you're about to come again? When, 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 how will we tell? Uh, what's the sign that he's, he's near? Uh, and the end of the age. So what will also be the, the sign of the end of the age? So that, that's what they're asking about. That's the context here. 
And then he goes on, Jesus answers this in two chapters. Also notice, all of these are Israel-centric things, the temple being destroyed. That's, that is an Israel-centric thing. The sign of Jesus coming. Where is he coming back? We know that his feet are going to be on the the Mount of Olives at some point. So that's an Israel-centric thing. And the end of the age, uh, because Jesus is going to reign from Israel uh, in in the final Sabbath thousand-year millennial uh, kingdom of Jesus. Um, He's going to reign from Israel. These are all Israel-centric things. So keep Israel in your mind and remember that the church, the rapture, everything having to do with the church is a separate program. These all have to do with each other, but it's a separate program. Okay. So all that said, verse four, and Jesus said to them, take heed that no one deceives you for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ uh, and many and will deceive many. So many is going to come and say that they're the Messiah. You, you know, uh, Simon Bar Kokhba said that same thing. Uh, so there were around this time there were many there were many false messiahs uh, and they and they deceived many. You'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled. All these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. So these are all things that the, these aren't signs of the times, uh, the end times. These are signs that things are going on as they are supposed to be going on. Uh, nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, pestilences, earthquakes. These are the beginning of sorrows. Um, but he's saying that the time is is not yet. Because it says here, all these things must come to pass, but the time, that, but the end is not yet. So these are not signs of the end times. These are signs that the end times are not upon them yet. All of these things will occur as they always have. These are the beginning of sorrows. So things are going to get a lot worse. These are just like the days we're living in today. You know, these are just the beginning of sorrows. But what happens next? Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by the nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. Many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Okay. Uh, so that, that encompasses quite a bit here. So we have the beginning of sorrows. We have the things that's not the end times, and then we have the things that are the end times. Um, which, by the way, uh, you could say some of these things happened in um, originally as well, because we know that all of the uh, we, we know that the apostles were martyred. You know, may, many disciples were martyred. Uh, martyred. Uh, many people have been killed for their testimony of Jesus. All right. So then, what? So this is when will these things be? Right? Or, or uh, what? Yeah. When when will these things be? Now, what about the sign of his coming in the end of the age? Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Again, Israel-centric, Judea. How does that help somebody in Missouri? You know, uh, it, it doesn't because this the, the, the point isn't the church. It's not the, 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 the worldwide church. This is uh, Israel. Um. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of the house. Let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and nursing babies in those days. Uh, and pray your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath. Again, very Israel-centric. So this is something that occurs in the middle of the tribulation period. Uh, that seven year in the middle of that seven year final week of Daniel, the abomination of desolation, the Antichrist will stand in the uh, temple and desecrate the temple and put up an image. Uh, so that's, that's in, the, in the midpoint of the tribulation. And he's, Jesus is saying, uh, you know, to the Jewish audience, all these Jewish type of things, you know, pray that it's not on a Sabbath, all those in Judea, so on and so forth. For then there will be great tribulation, uh, starting again in verse 21, such as, not, such, a, such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time, nor uh, no, nor ever shall be, unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. I don't think that there's anything mysterious going on here with the, you know, these days will be shortened. I don't think it literally means that, there, you know, time is going to compress or... You know, there there have been people that have said some weird things. I don't believe any of that's right. 
Um, but I just believe that it means if this were allowed to continue, if this time were allowed to continue, then no flesh would be saved because the, the judgments during this time are so severe. And of course they are. We read about that in the book of Revelation, which again, Revelation as well as Israel-centric. Now, of course, these judgments do come upon the whole world, but the church is not in the world. And we talked about that a couple weeks ago. And again, there's a lot more that we could unpack here. There's a lot more we could unpack. Um, and I'm, I'm breezing by a lot. But again, I'm just looking for the main big idea here in these two chapters that Israel is the focus, not the church. Uh, I do believe in pre-trib rapture, but th this isn't, I, I wouldn't use tw uh, Matthew 24 or 25 to, to show that. And uh, I'll, I'll show you why in a little bit. But uh, let's continue on. And it really helps, it really helps, uh, make these passages make sense. Oh, and the elect, that, that's just Israel. That Israel is, is the elect. The Jewish people are the elect. Um, and you can have believing Jews and you can have unbelieving Jews. So th there's all of this, like, mystery around this word elect. It's not that mysterious. It's just, it's the Jewish people. They're the elect. Uh, so, you know, it, it doesn't have anything to do really with this conversation about, you know, election and free will. And, you know, we can have all those conversations, but that's not what's being discussed here. Uh, the, the elect are, that's just Israel. So, but for the elect's sake, for God's chosen people, the sake of those who are going to believe in him, those days will be shortened. Okay. Then verse 23, then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ or there, don't believe it for false Christ and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive if possible, even the elect. See, I've told you beforehand. So why are we seeing this again? We're seeing that a second time, false Christs. He's not repeating himself. He's just answering the next part of the question. Because first, when will these things be? That was the destruction of the temple. Well, you're going to get false Christ and everything. But then the sign of his coming. What's the sign of his coming in the end of the age? Well, now he's answering that. Uh, because in the future, again, we're going to get false Christ, false prophets again. So the, what happened in 70 AD with the destruction of the temple is a picture of what's going to happen in the future uh, when the Antichrist desecrates the temple and there's going to be lots of martyrdoms. There's going to be uh, lots of false teachers, false Christ, because obviously there's going to be the Antichrist who's a false Christ. There's going to be lots of that stuff. Um, so it happens again. That's what we're getting. Uh, great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Again, that's uh, Israel. See that I have told you beforehand. 26. Therefore, if I say to you, if they say to you, look, he is in the desert, do not go out. Or look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For wherever the carcass is, there the eagles will be gathered together. Some translations say vultures. And this has to do with the final judgment. This has to do uh, with uh, the, 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 the great feast of the birds that we read about in prophecy because there's so many dead bodies. Uh, that, that's what he's talking about here. It's pointing to what, what his coming will be like because he's, again, answering that question. What, what will be the sign of his coming? What will, what will his coming be like? What, what's the second coming going to be like? Well, for one thing, it's not going to be some secret thing where... Um, you know, if they're like, hey, he's out there in the desert. And we're seeing that today. You know, in, in, uh, in Israel, there are rabbis that say, well, I just spoke to the Messiah last week and he said he's about to reveal himself. And so, you know, we're seeing that increase. That is really increasing a lot. There's more and more claims like that. Uh, well, Jesus is saying, you know, don't, don't believe it because it's not going to be the secret thing. When I come back, when the real Messiah comes, you know, uh, and we know that Jesus already came the first time, but the Jews don't, you know, most Jews don't believe it today. National Israel doesn't believe it today. This is all about national Israel. Uh, national Israel doesn't believe it today, uh, but they, they, they will in the future. Um, but they're going to be looking towards the Antichrist as their Messiah, and they're going to discover that they have been tricked just like Antiochus Epiphanes did. Uh, that's, that's what it's pointing back to, the abomination of desolation. Um, it's pointing that to that. You know, when you see that, that's the sign. And then wherever the carcasses, the, the eagles or vultures will be uh, gathered. So it's saying when the coming of the Messiah, when the true Messiah, Jesus Christ, during his second coming, everyone's going to see it. And 
um, there's going to be basically dead bodies everywhere because there's going to be a great judgment. There's going to be bloodshed because people are going to try and make war against uh, Christ, and it's not going to work out so well. So he's going to elaborate on that and continue. The coming of the Son of Man. So in 29, immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Uh, just real quick, the star falling from heaven, I believe this is talking about angels, not literal stars, because that would destroy the earth. Um, then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they they will see... Uh, the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, and he will send his angels with the with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Okay, so you have these angels that are going to come and gather the elect. So you're going to get the the elect, you know, Israel. You're going to get them. We also read um, about how. They're, they're, the, the unbelievers are going to be taken into judgment in this same manner. So we're going to be hearing about the bloodshed of that as well. But he's, he's bringing all of the elect, believing and unbelieving, as we're going to see in a minute. These angels are going to come take all of the elect to him in Israel for the sheep and the goat judgment, for the separation, and which is very Israel-centric. That's not believers. I mean, there are believers involved, but it's not a judgment of the church. The only judgment we have is the Bema Seat judgment where we receive our rewards. Um, but the, the angels are gathering both believing and unbelieving Jews, the elect. That's why the elect doesn't just mean believing or unbelieving Jews. It's just it's Jews. It's Israel, Jewish people. Um, these angels come with the sound of a trumpet. This is not the rapture. Uh, this is this is the the elect being gathered together to to um, uh, for the separation of the sheep and goats the the, the that Israel centric uh, judgment that separation uh, between believing Jews and non believing Jews and and we're going to see that but also we're going to see the nations involved with that as well and we're going to see what the criteria is uh, for that separation we're we're gonna we're gonna see what that is. Um, so obviously the nations are involved in that judgment as well because it says the nations. So we're going to look at, we're going to look at that. So a lot of people, when they do this, uh, study, and I believe I did this too, a lot of people stop here. And, um, but what we need to do is realize that chapter divisions, verse divisions, th that's, that's not original to the text. In the text, this is all one big long thing. Um, so Jesus is still in the Olivet Discourse. He's still explaining these things, but now he's going to use a bunch of parables to explain uh, this idea of what he's talking about, how this is Israel-centric, not church-centric, and the, uh, the final judgment, the separation of the sheep and the goats, which Israel is going to be a part of, but his elect is gathered together uh, for that, and the, the, the nations. And so... Some of them are going to be destroyed, uh, which is what that comment was about where the carcasses, the eagles will be gathered. And we, we see similar things uh, in Revelation and, and in Ezekiel, Zechariah, you know, these, these prophetic texts. So we're going to see similar things there. But this is to show what Israel's future is going to be like, not the church's. So this, this trumpet, this is not the same trumpet as the rapture. These angels, this isn't the same angels as with the rapture, you know. This, this, this is angels being sent forth to gather people together, to gather the elect together uh, for judgment. So let's take a look at uh, some of these parables. So the parable of the fig tree, a lot of times... Um, a lot of times people put the church in here, and I absolutely am guilty of that. Uh, and... There still might be a correlation. There might be kind of a second meaning that has to do with something with the church. But I, I just, now I don't know how consistent that view is, you know. Uh, so so let, let's read through it real quick. Uh, verse 32. Uh, now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So you also, when you see all these things, know that... It is near at the doors. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will 
by no means pass away. All right, so a lot of people, and I, I have done this and um, still think this is a possibility at least, but a lot of people say that this, this fig tree, when the branches uh, became tender already, that that happened in 1948 when Israel became a nation again because a fig tree is used to symbolize uh, Israel all throughout the Bible. And, and so that could be, and then this generation will not pass, could mean that, you know, if a generation is 40 years or 70 years or 80 years or 120 years, maybe we can use that as kind of a time frame where uh, the, the tribulation, where all these things have to happen before the end of this time frame. And people have tried to make predictions in the past like that and have always failed. So I'm nervous about that. Um, I think it's a possibility. Um, but I, I think a more clear reading I think a more, maybe maybe I should say it like this, a more primary understanding is that the parable from the fig tree is when uh, when Israel, maybe maybe it, it, when Israel comes to belief, you know, when, when, when the budding of the fig tree, when real believing Israel starts being a thing, the 144,000 Jews, you know, uh, when they, when because this all has to do with the same thing. What happens when the Antichrist, um, desecrates the temple. You know, that has been said by Jesus as the sign to look for his return. That is a sign. He gives all these warnings. And then he's talking about the budding of the fig tree. Well, what happens is the, the, the Jewish people, national Israel, realized that they've been tricked. This is not their Messiah. And many of them, 144,000 Jews, come to belief. They, they come to belief. Could that not be the budding of the fig tree? Could that not be um, when the branches become tender? Maybe that's the time where that's the same time he's saying, look for these things and know that when it's putting forth its leaves, you know, we're now seeing the budding of the fig tree where believing Israel is, is becoming a real thing now uh, and, and realizing who their Messiah is through the ministry of the 144,000. Now we know that summer is, is near. Now we know that the coming of the Messiah is near and at hand. So when you see all these things, it's at the doors, like it says. And then when it says, assuredly, I say this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Maybe that's not talking about 1948 and, you know, the 70, 80, 120 years after that, but maybe that's talking about the exact generation that sees that midpoint tribulation sign of the desecration of the temple and of uh, national Israel starting to uh, believe in Jesus, starting to get evangelized by these 144,000 that have the seal of God. Uh, maybe, maybe that generation will by no means pass away because they're only going to have another three and a half years before Jesus returns. So maybe that's what it's saying. That is how you know this is the final generation. You know, everything that happens before that point, like the seals are broken and everything, well, you could say, you know, there have been pestilences, there have been wars, there's been uh, economic collapses. How do we know which is the seals being broken and which isn't? Well, this is how you know. It, it, this is what to look for. We, you look for the, the, the desecration. Of course, I believe we're not going to be here, but, but the believers, Israel at that time, Israel, this is what they should look for. This is a message to unbelieving Israel. This is what they look for. And they're, they're sure they're, they're going to be knowing this stuff because there's going to be the testimony of the believing 144,000, uh, the, 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 the Christians, the, the believing Jews. So um, I, I think now, I, I, I now lean towards that being the correct interpretation. And maybe there's a secondary interpretation about the, you know, the Israel becoming a nation again. And, you know, so, sometimes these prophecies can be fulfilled on, on multiple layers. But I, I don't know. I, that, I don't want to put, I don't want to put my eggs in that basket. You know, now I want to say, uh, this generation, meaning the generation that sees the desecration of the temple, and when the 144,000, when, when the Jews, when national Israel realizes they've made a mistake and this is not their Messiah that they thought it was, um, and they start looking for the real Messiah, I think that that is the budding of the fig tree. So, uh, continuing on, no one knows the day or the hour, because this, this, is, this is a tricky one. What about... Nobody knows the day or the hour. So uh, in verse 36, it says, But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. 
Now, this is where a lot of people want to say this has to be the rapture because it's the only thing that we as Christians don't know. You know, we, we don't know. Um, we will be, well, not us, but people uh, in during the tribulation would be able to predict the coming of Christ, the second coming of Christ, uh, because they can time it out. You know, we, we know we have the exact days, you know, we just don't know when that's going to happen yet, but we will. And I think that's the key. I don't think this is the rapture. I understand why people say that, but if this is Israel centric, then this should be something having to do with Israel. Um, and it would, I, I think it would be inconsistent with this whole Olivet discourse to say that this is the rapture of the church. I, I don't, I don't think that's the case. I think of that day, well, what day is he talking about? He's been talking about the desecration of the temple. He's been talking about his return. Um, that, that day might not be a literal day. It might be just that time when all this stuff happens. Uh, nobody knows when that's going to happen. And that is true. You know, if we get real super specific and technical about it, then you could say, yeah, but people might be able to predict the day, you know, when prophecy starts being fulfilled, you know, after the signing of the, the confirming of the covenant uh, that starts the tribulation, after that time, people can start to tell. Um, but again, if you want to get super technical like that, we could get just as technical in the, in the phraseology here because Jesus says, but of that day and hour, no one knows, present tense. At, at the time that he said that, it, it doesn't say no one will know, you know, if we want to get technical, said no one knows. Present tense at that time when he said that, the angels didn't know, Jesus didn't know, the apostles didn't know, but only the Father knew. Uh, so you, you, could, you, could, you could get technical with that as well. And uh, so I, I think that this would be talking about when all of these things are, are going to um, happen uh, in the timeline of Israel. Uh, because while they had this idea of ages, um, there's not a prophecy date pointing to when the tribulation is going to happen. You know, they, they believed that the end of the age of grace would be in 2075. And we, we have talked about that. Uh, just look up, look up my name and end of the age or something like that. A scenes, Dead Sea Scrolls, and you'll find videos on that. And we have the full videos at dailyrenegade.com, uh, which is probably the better place to go. Uh, if you want more information, but they did have that idea that it would, you know, the age of grace would end in 2075, but that does not mean that that is when Jesus is going to return. Because again, the, the end of the age of Torah ended in 75 AD, and that was not when Jesus came the first time. You know, he came way before that. Uh, so the same, the same could be true of his second coming. Uh, so if we want to get technical, it does not say of that day and hour, no one will know. It just says no one knows. So at that time, Jesus is like telling the apostles, hey, it's a waste of time to ask me exactly when because I don't know. You know, does that mean that he still doesn't know? I, I would say he will know after that covenant is signed. Or he will know uh, even after the rapture, maybe then. Um, he might even know now since he's he's ascended and he's with the Father. He might know now. I, but, but, um, it, it just, just to say, just to say that the, just because of that day, no one knows it, it, that doesn't mean that it can't be the second coming or it can't be the tribulation period. It, it doesn't have to mean the rapture. Uh, so, but again, it's tricky because it really sounds like it's the rapture, doesn't it? You know, because we don't want to predict the rapture. We, we don't, we don't know when the rapture is going to happen. Um, we have no idea. Uh, a lot of people say that it could be on the Feast of Trumpets. I don't even think we know that because the Feast of Trumpets, that's on Israel's calendar. That, that has to do with things involving Israel, prophecy that uh, is fulfilled with Israel. And, and the rapture of the church doesn't really have anything to do with national Israel. Um, you know, believing Jews, Messianics, you know, they'll, they'll be caught up too, you know, of course. Uh, but Israel on a national level, it doesn't have anything to do with it. So, so I don't know about that. So that, that's, those are kind of the two dominant views. And right now, just to remain consistent, I would say that this still has to do with Israel. But uh, some might say that it's, it's actually the rapture. I don't believe so. But let's continue on and see what else he says. Uh, 37, but as the days of Noah were, so also the coming of the Son of Man uh, will be. 
For as in the days before the flood, they were eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage until that day that, enter, uh, that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. So um, that could be talking about that, yes, the believers would be able, you know, at, at that time, the people who have come to repentance and they're believing, they will be able to time everything out, okay? But Noah also, you know, knew because God told him. In the same way, God will tell through his holy word the believers of that time. I don't think that he's talking about believers here. Who's going to be eating and drinking and all that? Unbelievers. They're not going to know because they're, they're not going to pay attention to the scriptures at all. They're not going to pay attention to the warnings, uh, just like in the times of Noah. And I think that that's the point. So it's not, it's, it, I don't think the point is to get super technical and say, well, yeah, but, you know, uh, believers during that time will be able to time all this out. They'll know. Um, and also to say, to say, yeah, but, you know, everybody's going to be running for their lives and, you know, how can things go on as normal? I don't think that's really the point. I think the point is that they're not going to, they're not going to know life is going to go on as, as normal because they're unbelieving. You know, they're, they're in an individual life. Um, and also when you look at, when you look at all these things that, ha that happen, uh, you know, like wormwood, a third of the seas, you know, all, all of this stuff, people are still going to survive, you know, not many. I mean, it, it, I think it's something like three quarters of the earth by the time the whole thing is done is wiped out. But that, that quarter of people that remains, I mean, Think about the, the coronavirus stuff that's happening right now. Um, life has definitely changed, right? Life has changed. We're all inside all the time. Everybody's wearing masks. It's different. Um, but with unbelievers, has it done anything to like change their mind or get them to start reading scripture? You know, maybe a few, but not really. Uh, so I, I think it's more like, I think the idea is not about the marrying and all that. I think the idea is that these people, the unbelievers are still going to be blind to this. They're still not going to accept it. You know, maybe a few will here and there, but by and large, they're not going to, they're going to go on as if things are just kind of normal as best as they can. Uh, so I think, I think that's what is it's saying. Now, what's really interesting and what a lot of people think is the rapture, uh, but I don't believe is. Then two men will be in the f field. One will be taken and the other left. Two men, two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. Again, he's talking to Jews here. This is a message for Israel. What What's going to happen? We know he's going to gather the elect. Some, some are going to be gathered to destruction and some, the, the believing ones, uh, to reward. But this is what's saying that two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. They're being taken to judgment. Uh, the angels are, are gathering them to judgment. Uh, this isn't the rapture, and this is a message to Israel. Uh, look, therefore, watch, therefore, you don't know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, if the master of the house had known, the master of the house, Israel is the house, the master of the house is the Jews. They are told to take care of this house, you know, take care of Israel uh, and be a light to all the nations. They're not doing that. If the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. So it's a warning to Israel during this tribulation time. Um, don't buy into the Antichrist. Don't believe in the Antichrist. I think in Zechariah it says that one third won't, but two thirds will. So it's saying that, you know, don't, don't be on the side that believes the Antichrist and takes the mark of the beast. Uh, be on the side that, uh, is, is watchful. You know, be on the side that is watchful because there are those who are going to go on as if life is normal. Uh, there are those who are going to go on and take the mark of the beast and do all these things because it's, it's normal and they don't think it has anything to do with God. Don't be like them. Um, be, 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 be the one third that is watching for these things during this time. It's a message to Israel. Uh, and the faithful servant and the evil servant. 
It says, uh, who then is a fruitful and wise servant whom his master made rule over his household to give them food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. Assuredly, I say to you that he will make him ruler over all his goods. But if that evil servant says in his heart, the ma my master is delaying his coming and begins to beat his fellow servants, uh, and to eat and drink with the drunkards, the master of that servant will uh, come on a day when he's not looking for him, and at an hour he's not aware of, and will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites, and where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is believing versus unbelieving Israel during the time of the tribulation. The master is delayed his coming. Um, Who's the servant and who's the master? God God is the master. You know, Jesus Christ, the, the Messiah, is the master. And these servants, these, these, uh, the, these Jews, some are going to be believing and take care of the household. You know, they're going to be part of the 144,000 that are a light to the nations, finally proclaiming the truth of the Messiah, whereas others are not because they're going to say, well, the Messiah is, is delayed. He, he, he isn't coming. I mean, we have, we have uh, Jews that are saying that today. And so those who remain in unbelief, those are the ones who are cut to pieces. This can't be believers because believers were not going to be cut to pieces. You know, if, if we're, if, because it goes that you, you got to be watchful and ready for the rapture at all times, because if the rapture comes and you're caught in some sin, then all this bad stuff is going to happen to you. That's not what it's talking about. That's not the church. This isn't the church versus unbelievers. This is national Israel Believing Israel versus unbelieving Israel uh, as, as, as a country, as a nation. Uh, that's what this is talking about. So it's not that Christians are going to be cut up and chopped up. Um, it's it's going to be the unbelieving Jewish people during their judgment uh, that don't heed these warnings and don't accept their Messiah. That's what it's going to be talking about. Now, we have a lot more to talk about, uh, speaking of that. Because uh, we got to talk about the, the 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 brides and bridegrooms, you know, the parable of the ten virgins. Because uh, everybody thinks that 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 that's the church. I I actually think that that's still Israel. We got to get into Matthew twenty five, and we're going to do that in the members only uh, section. So if you are not a member yet, head on over to dailyrenegade.com and become a member today. You'll get the rest of this episode where we're going to go into the rest of the parables uh, in Matthew 25, and I'm going to hopefully provide uh, even further evidence that this is talking about Israel, and this is talking about the tribulation. It's Israel-centric, not Christian church-centric. We are not appointed unto wrath. Uh, so we are going to talk about all that and much more. Please uh, head on over to dailyrenegade.com, become a member today. You get lots of great benefits. Uh, so make sure you do that. Um, also, if you do become a member, that DVD I talked about, End Times and Our Financial System, talking about the collapse of the economic system and prophecy, you get that for free if you're a member. Um, you, you, well, you get to stream it for free on the website, but you get that for free as a, a member of Daily Renegade, so you want to make sure you do that. Uh, okay, so members, hang on the line. Everybody else, again... DailyRenegade.com is the place to go. Come be a member today. It's only $10 a month or $100 a year. I suggest getting the $100 a year because you get two months for free that way. And you just pay for it once. You don't have to think about it for a whole year. Members, hang on the line. Everybody else, thank you so much. And until next time, take care and God bless.